have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the upset Glenn Stansberry. I'm not upset. You seem agitated. I'm not agitated. You seem a little... These things happen. Upsetting. These things happen. All the time. It's fine. It's fine. You're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Okay. Okay. Brian, are you making a reference to the KU game that uh, we just watched? That yeah. That's, yeah. My, my Jayhawks lost? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a little uh, little known basketball player named Trey Young. Mm. Um, went a little crazy. What, crazy? You mean crazy four points, efficient? Four four points below his average. Crazy efficient. Uh, he was very efficient. He was. He was very efficient. He also promised not to shoot a three in this in the first half, which he didn't. Did he really promise that? Yep. That's weird. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, four points off his average. Why, but why would you do that? Why would you promise not to shoot a three if you're really good at shooting threes and you know it would he, help your team win? He wants to make it interesting. He wanted to make it an interesting, oh, compelling that's game, true. which he did. And then he's like, ah, we got to win this game. And so they did. Hey, quick question. Yep. Do you think that ESPN put a little bit too much emphasis no. on Trey Young? No. Not at all? Not at all. Not, Not at one all. bit. I felt like he was the star of the show. So when they when they call it the Trey Young show repeatedly all night, yeah, it's and yeah, only, that's all it is. Okay, okay. you know, I, th- Just, I feel. I mean, it's basically like a reality show playing out in basketball. It really was because yeah. this week ESPN followed Trey Young and his family around for three days. Brian. That's good. I feel. I feel like we need more of that. You do. Yeah. Okay. More of that. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Big Trey Young. It's fan. really working out well. The Ball family. I, I, uh, Trey to, Young. Don't conflate. <laughs> Trey Young with LeVar Ball. Here's That's... what I think is going to happen. Trey Young is going to go play ball in Uzbekistan, and they're going to send some ESPN reporters to go report live, like live blog the games. Mm. That's yeah. that's my that's my that's why I think this will play out. Well, uh, it certainly worked for the Ball, the younger Ball family members. <laughs> really, the, the, it really did work out for them because nominal, you know, talent. Actually, yeah. it's, it's the thing. We're getting into tall grass here, Brian. Never mind. I, I'm not even going to go into the ball family. We yeah, do we, it every podcast. Why give them all this extra publicity? That I know we do it every week. I know it's we're hard. Like, it's hard, week. but yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> we're just gonna skip over that. Um, anyway, Glenn, uh, let's move on to the actual uh, show itself. Uh, we were co-founders of a not upsetting, no, a very rewarding hmm. and upstanding. Everybody wins site called gentleman.com gentleman.com it's basically like trey young for websites essentially it's like you know uh it's 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 just a great fantastic experience and um so you should stop on over there uh if you want to be an mvp you should stop on over to gentleman.com and then uh, if you really want to, if you really want to take it to the next level, take a game to the next level, you can go to podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to 128 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. You can become a Gentleman All Star if you do that. Mm. Um, and so you can go do that. And once you do that, I'm sure you're going to have questions. I'm sure you're going to have concerns, comments. Um, you know, concerns. You're going to have a lot of concerns. Lots of concerns. Mostly concerns. Yeah. Uh, you can get in touch with me and Glenn uh, by using the Postal Service, the United States Postal Service. It's not been shut down. It's no. still running. Um, you can use the United States Postal Service to get in touch with us. Uh, you can do so at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will take it. We put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. Um, and we'll talk about it on the Journal Podcast. We'll actually probably, we will probably send you something back in return as well. Uh, so look for that if you send us something. Um, and then failing that, if you are not able to send something via the U.S. Postal Service. Maybe you're watching too much basketball. Mm. You can't make it over to the mailbox to send us something. That's okay. We got you covered. You can send us an email at howdyatgentleman.com or you can go to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Chidio, Hot or Not, Farmers Only, Match.com, Plenty of Fish. <laughs> uh, wow. All the social networks, Twitter? basically. Tw- yeah, Twitter. 
Uh, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> All of those. We have profiles everywhere. That's what I'm trying to say. Basically, uh, we're getting lots of we're getting lots of hits. We're getting some traction on Chudio. I gotta say. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you can get in touch with us many ways. Is what I want to get get across. There. What is Chidio? Uh, it's charity plus video. Oh, Chidio. okay, okay. I, I was going to ask if I am going to. Is there going to be a problem if I look it up on this computer? And oh yeah, you don't want to. I mean, oh, can't be looking up charities on. The... <laughs> they might try to get you to donate some money to. Them. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, uh, Glenn. Okay, so uh, now that I've said my piece mm. on that, that's how you get in touch with us if you get angry or. Maybe you're really pleased with this. I mm, doubt it, but that's, not likely. I like to throw out that possibility. You can get, you can do so. <laughs> Plant in, the seed in those manners uh, is the best way to get hold. So anyway, Glenn, uh, let's. Uh, so that, having said that, let's move on to the uh, media episode which is during the week. This week, mm. I have procured a very special beer this mm. time uh, for to us for us to check out. Uh, we have in the past we've rated a couple things from Guinness, the Guinness Brewing Company. Uh, which we all know and love. They make their standard Guinness, mm-hmm. which everybody knows, but they also make beers like the Wheat, mm-hmm. which we tried this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it was last summer. I don't remember. Uh, uh, what, what, refresh my memory. Was the rating kind of a eh? It was a, it was, yeah, it was a hard eh. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, yeah. Can't remember the exact number eh, we gave it. It was, but... a, little, it was a little weird. Uh, this, though, I have, I have a stronger, I feel like this, this might work out pretty well. This is the 200th uh, anniversary export stout. Uh, this was brewed and sent over to the U.S. Uh, in 1817. Wow. Uh, they actually have the ledger where they sent it over to South Carolina. It was mm. the first export that they sent over, and they made a very special brew that they felt would work well in the U.S. Um, turns out they were horribly wrong because the other beer that they make is way more successful than this. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they, they went back and they looked at the, eight, the actual brewer's notes from 1817. Mm. And uh, tried to remake a vibe of what it would have tasted like, you know, oh. with probably cleaner water now. Probably, probably uh, improved a few of the uh... a few of the ingredients, <laughs> probably a little better. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so they they they, they just okay. So and this is called yeah the anniversary export stout, the two hundred two hundred anniversary export stout. Uh, so this is a dark ruby red with a frothy head, and it's got toffee and caramel with slight chocolate notes. Is the aroma. <laughs> And uh, so it's supposed to be chocolatey. It's a stout, you know. Uh, I, I I love regular Guinness. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. pretty excited about trying this out and seeing how this goes. Uh, I'm looking at the bottle here, Brian. It says it's brewed with black patent malt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that something about tasty. how it's like malty instead of grainy. I guess I don't know. Mm. We're just gonna have to. The best thing that we could do probably, Glenn, is yep. just to pop them open and see what that means. I'm off for that action. Uh, so anyway. So this is the 200th anniversary export stout from uh, the Guinness Brewing Company. And this is still brewed at St. James Gate, where I was like five years ago. Stop by and say nice. say hi to our friends at Guinness. Mm. That's good. That is a very good beer. Mm. It doesn't taste like a stout, really. Mm-mm. But it's pretty good. That's smooth is what it is, man. It's real smooth. I like that a lot. So I like the... I think Guinness has another export. Another export beer. They do. They and do. I like that as well a lot. And this tastes similar to that, but not... I feel like the other one is a little bit, you know, stronger, more intense. Yeah. I think you're right about that. This is like if if uh, if regular Guinness and the export had a, had a love child. Man, if it was 1817. Oh, man. I had a barrel full of this stuff. <laughs> I'd never leave my house. Assuming it made it across the pond, okay. <laughs> They, uh, I think they said there were like 60 barrels they sent over to somebody in South Carolina. Wasn't that like a... Well, anyway. Uh, but anyway, Glenn. Um, so yeah, this is pretty good. Uh, let me give you some stats on it so we know. Um, 8.49 for a six-pack, so uh, perfectly mm. in the middle of the uh, of the price, you know, the pricing here at our stores. <laughs> uh, 8.49. Uh, the alcohol by volume is 6%. Uh, Guinness does not divulge the international bitter units, bitterness units. Nor should they. So uh, we have to use our sommelier instincts to <laughs> detect uh, the bitterness units. After after we've tasted it, I feel like they can go ahead and put it up on our website or on their website. Yeah, we will have confirmed. Verbatim. Yeah, it's. I, I would say it's around note. sixteen. Sixteen. I was going to go fourteen. And a half. I was going to go fourteen. Sixteen and a half. 15, fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen and a half. So let's just say fifteen. Yep. To be fair. Uh, so the IBU is 15, um, 
And yeah, it's, uh, mm. it's uh, pretty pretty tasty. So Glenn, if you had to put a arbitrary rating on this beer, what would you what would you what would you do? Well, Brian, I would. Oh, what was the price? Eight forty nine. Eight forty. Oh, perfect. Perfect. All right. right in the sweet spot. Uh-huh. So I, what I like about this beer is that it is smooth, but it's also a stout. I love stouts, especially this time of year when it's cold. Cold outside, But yeah. I could, if I was not careful, I could plow through a six of these. I could, yeah. I, could I mean, well, I really actually couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could get through three without blinking. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's oh, it's, it's, it's it's doable. It's it's sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and <laughs> and it's uh, Guinness is good for you. It is good for you. That's that's what they tell us scientifically. So. I saw that on a poster, so that must be true. Mm. Okay, Glenn. So what 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 would your uh, rating be? I'm gonna give this an eight point seven. Eight point seven. Mm. Wow, I that's really pretty, like this. That's pretty high. Yeah, it is. Eight point seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's pretty. That's pretty serious business right there. Mm-hmm. I would say I would say I'm going to give it an 8.5. Yep. And I want to give you a reason for that. Yep. I just happened to notice that the bottles are actually 11.2 fluid ounces as opposed to 12, Whoa. which we're used to in the U.S. Uh, so I, I had to knock a little bit on that. But uh, I, I feel like I feel like taste wise, if you're okay with uh, an eighth of an ounce or 80 percent of an ounce not being included in your uh, beer, then uh, then you can look past that. It, it's, it's it's probably fine. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, although we spent all this time talking about it, what mm-hmm. me and Glenn think of this beer means absolutely nothing. Zero. Exactly. Um, so you, congratulations. You just wasted five minutes of your life. Uh, but what really matters is that we have a proprietary mustache twist scale computer, uh, which is uh, algorithm, machine learning, AI, Bitcoin, blockchain, a powered computer. <laughs> I forgot we added blockchain. We, we to added the, blockchain to it. Uh, know, yeah. To store the values. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> Nobody can know how the values get inputted into the. It's all anonymous. <laughs> uh, so we got this computer basically that. Yeah. I don't want to get into no. technical details. <laughs> we have a white paper out there. But. Um, right, right, right. This computer takes the facts about the beer and then it gives us a empirical rating for the beer. So, Glenn, uh, I'm going to type some facts in here, and uh, we'll, we'll, then we'll get this rating in short order. Um, okay. Uh, so we said that the price was $8.49. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, price is nice. Uh, we said that the alcohol by volume was uh, 6%, and the IBUs were 15 um, and that this is a 200th anniversary uh, stout-style beer um, with dark malt. Mm. <clears throat> okay. I'm gonna go get this. It sounds like this print off is done. We have a we have a rating. I just have to go get it from the mustache scale computer printer, and I will be back and give you the critical rating for the mustache scale computer. Okay. Uh, so I got the print off here. I'm just gonna flip through this. I'm gonna get right to the uh, the point, which is the actual uh, score of the thing. Um, okay, uh, history of Ireland, revolution, <laughs> potato, eighteen hundred, potato, <laughs> famine. Uh, okay, uh, it says right here, last page of the report. Oh, uh, it's actually an eight point six on the mustache twist scale. So well earned. Uh, that's what we get. Um, Glenn, I, I see that you have beersnob.com pulled up. What? Uh, where are friends of the beer snobs have to say about well, this? Brian's using air quotes when he says friends. Right. And also... Our frenemies at beersnobs.com. Our frenemies. That's right. Keep your friends close and your beer snobs closer. Yep. Um, well, this isn't going to surprise you, Brian, because Guinness is such a big name brand beer and not a craft brewery. They have given this wonderful stout a paltry 4.02 out of 5. Mm. So an, I'm, I'm taking some liberties here. Right. An 8.0... An 8.04... Right. On the mustache twist scale. Well, that, that's just grossly. That's unre- underrepresented. I feel yeah. Like. That's not an accurate score. 246 ratings, Brian. Can't be wrong. Well, that's what you get when you have snobs rating beers. That's that's a right. So, uh, anyway. Shall, okay. I, shall I hit some of the high notes from the reviews here? Um, let's see here. Usually some really good stuff. Uh, an impressive bubble show builds to three fingers of ecru foam. <laughs> it got it. The coffee cover, the coffee-colored liquid has tawny highlights around the edges, splashy lacing all around. A great look. Just drink it. Uh, you're gonna, 
like take a picture of it and well anyway it's okay. tasty well yeah i don't know about the tiny notes but i can tell you that it's a good beer hmm. so anyway okay glenn well we know now that is an 8.6 mm. uh don't listen to the beer snobs nope go get this beer you're gonna like it uh okay glenn uh let's uh let's kick this thing off with some uh some of the greatest hacks from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so uh and this is batting lead off is me I'm gonna right. I'm gonna call my shot and hit a home run on this tack. Wow, uh, this is called the original bullet Mustang has come out of hiding, and apparently, so we all know and love the original bullet Mustang. It's the iconic, the most uh, famous chase scene in the history of cinema. It's like a several minute chase scene that takes place in downtown San Francisco. If you yes. haven't seen this chase scene, if you haven't seen Bullet the movie, yes, you should go out and watch it this second. And I mean, stop the podcast. It's basically what car Flip chase scenes and go. Yeah, it's it's basically the the greatest tra- car chase scene you're ever going to see, and it's and it's like thirty years old now. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, forty years old. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's a great cha- car sh- chase, and it's a pretty good movie. I, I, it, the plot's a little weak in points, <laughs> but the car chase is totally worth it. Um, and Steve McQueen, come on, he's he's just right, the, right. the consummate uh, cool guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, so he drives this. He drives this Mustang, and actually, it turns out there's two Mustangs. Um, one was kind of the one that got beat up for all the big, you know, right. all the big <laughs> muffler like, dragging, scary, yeah, yeah, just like running into the ground. And then one was like kept kind of nicer to try to. Uh, but anyway, both of them disappeared for a long period of time, uh, and no one really knew where they were. And uh, apparently, Ford uh, Motor Company came out with a 2019 Bullet Mustang. Uh, car. It's like a special edition Mustang. And I love the 2009 version of this car. I wish I was a bajillionaire because I'd go get the 2019. Uh, <laughs> but it costs like $50,000 or something like that, which uh, is a little pricey for me. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, the point is, so to, to promote the 2019 version, they actually tracked down this 68 uh, that was the uh, the bullet car. And, um, and they, they brought it in and put it in the showroom as kind of a PR thing. But they found the guy that's only had four owners. They found the guy that bought it off of a movie studio exec in the 1970s. And it's kind of funny. I, I, I linked this, this, uh, this story. For, it's from RodentTrack.com. And actually, Roden Track was where the guy advertised it and sold it through in, 19, in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, and also, the, the other interesting thing about this article that I thought was really weird was uh, in the 1970s, no one had any inkling of an idea that, that Mustangs would be collectible. They were just kind of kind of like they are now you see mustangs everywhere so you don't think of them as being like some collectible car you right. think about them as uh you know transportation and the guy even said that the guy that owns it now his father bought this in the 70s and he even said that his mom basically drove it for three years as just you know <laughs> getting groceries yeah, getting and groceries <laughs> and going to school and stuff like that and uh <laughs> and actually during this time steve mcqueen actually wrote a letter like a passionate letter about he wanted to have his car back and he tried to buy it back from from them and he and they wouldn't sell it's pretty hardcore wow um but uh but anyway that, and that's one of the things they used to verify the authenticity of the uh, of letter the from steve this, mcqueen this letter from steve mcqueen pleading uh, with them yeah so anyway this car just looks so cool i mean it looks so cool like the even the pictures of the engine and yeah. the interior i mean it's all messed up it's all scratched up uh, they did they did some modifications for the for the sh- for the movie, but man, I would love I would g- like give anything to be able to drive this car around town every day. It would be like the most incredible <laughs> thing in the world. Um, it's just such a cool a leather car. jacket. Oh man, I'd have the gloves. Yeah, and the, I I would just I'd get my Steve McQueen turtleneck on and I would drive <laughs> this thing to the moon if I could. <sighs> Anyway, oh uh, man, this oh, is that would yeah. Be awesome. So oh. someday, someday I might find myself behind the 2009, a wheel of the 2009 bullet. We'll see. That's not that. Yeah, I, they're they're inexpensive, and I I the second I heard the engine on that car, I fell in love with it. I heard it like all the way back in 2009, and I was like, "There's no way I can afford this thirty eight thousand dollar car." Um, but now they're pretty inexpensive, right? And uh, and because it was a collector's edition, people kept pretty good care of them. So anyway, maybe uh, maybe sometime in the next couple of years, I'll be rolling around town in a in a bullet, but not this one. 
because this one's uh, super bullet. Anyway, uh, I thought that was really interesting and cool. And both of the both of the bullets have been recovered, and they are uh, one of them, the one that was beat to heck uh, was found yeah. in Mexico last year. They found it in Mexico, and they had to rebuild the whole thing because it was, I guess, by like a by a town that was by the ocean, and that ocean air just ate the hell out of all the the metal parts and everything like that. So they had to reconstruct it basically. But this. This one is the one that was kind of not completely destroyed. And so both of them are back in circulation. People have both cars. So uh, that's that's cool. So I still have hope. There's still two out yes. there. So maybe, you know, if something crazy happens with Gentleman, then maybe I can be there you go. driving this car. You mean something totally planned? Yeah, something <clears throat> according uh, to our plans. The, the best part about this article is the guy's writing, I feel like, uh, in, in some places. So let me give you an example. He talks about showing up to the place to see the car for the first time and he says we walked around the car huffed its exhaust fumes watched the chase a hundred or so more times yep but mostly though we asked questions lost lots of them yeah mm-hmm. I, I i i laughed out loud with the huffed its exhaust fumes and <sighs> you do just, the same thing there's though, just Brian. something about this car you would do is, the same thing this is this is in the dna of every car enthusiast this car yep um, so anyway, it's really cool that it's back. It looks so cool. Um, whoever owns it is really, really lucky. I'm not a car guy, and I, I, I would, I would like that car. Everything about that car yeah. is the coolest. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay, moving on. I'll update you when I buy the original. Yeah, uh, bullet. Mustang. Please do. Yeah. Um, well, Brian. Next up, uh, great gentleman member on your keister, the myth, the man, the legend on your keister. Uh, my dad's personal favorite. Uh, username on the website. That is a great. It's a great username for a great gentleman user. That's right. And so he has posted a wonderful tag titled "Log Cabin Time Lapse Built by One Man in the Forest: Real Life Minecraft." Mm. And this is a time lapse video of Sean James, who uh, lives in the uh, Algonquin Park, or he has land in, in near the Algonquin Park in Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. And it shows from uh, summertime. From him breaking ground for this cabin, where, and then it's just a time lapse of him working every day on this cabin, which, as I realize as we're talking about this, you know, verbally that doesn't sound very interesting, but it is crazy the amount of detail that this guy puts into this log cabin, with, and 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 he didn't really use many. I don't think any uh, electric tools. No, it was all hand tools. Uh, he was yeah, and so this is a lot like the Walter. Um, Pernecki? Am I... Yeah. Alone in the Wilderness. Yeah, the Alone in the Wilderness guy. It reminded me of that. Dick Pernecki. Dick Pernecki. Um, uh, yeah, the PBS uh, thing that we talked about before. In the 60s, I think. It was 60s. A guy moved to Alaska, and he just built his cabin and yeah. his you know food store and just you know lived there for like 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this guy, what's interesting about this is he, he uses all the materials. He doesn't have any store-bought materials. He just uses hand tools to build the entire thing. He does it all himself. And uh, he does some interesting things like he does a special technique for the roof, which yeah. he said that he derived from uh, ancient Asian um, techniques to, to waterproof wood for, for roofs. Uh, so he, he draws on a lot of different you know styles of stuff to, to get this thing done. Uh, but, yeah, it's amazing to me anytime, uh, much like the, the Pernecki thing, the Alone in the Wilderness, uh, woodworkers that are good and guys that can do this stuff just make me feel like crap <laughs> you know because we have this whole diy thing now and i right. I, I consider myself somebody that i hate that term diy right. i right. like to build stuff i like to build wood stuff right you know. uh but i am so woefully underskilled when i like see something like this where a guy you've got a tape measure he's got uh you know a ladder a ladder some saws and a you know a drill, not a real drill, but a you know basically the the hand cranked original the, the hand drill, drill yeah. kind of thing, uh, and he just goes about building this entire log cabin, um, and uh, it's pretty impressive. And like I said, it just shows me how much stuff I still have to to learn to to be able to get this stuff done. So really impressive stuff. And the time lapse is kind of nice because it really hits home the point of all the work that went into it, but. It's not something where you're watching hours and hours and hours of videos. And he does it at, at good moments where you get to see, like, the progression of everything. So, yeah. Anyway, we've got the link up on gentleman.com. Um, I encourage you, if you're interested in uh, cool things, 
to go take a look at it because it's really cool um and uh, a good example of somebody that is out there doing stuff like you know this guy built this entire thing and it's all about building stuff off the land and not having to have all these things to to accomplish uh building a house really um and it looks pretty cool i mean it had me hooked when he was you know just one dude hulking these uh huge logs basically right. for the frame of yeah man i'm done. so weak <laughs> i know yeah absolutely so anyway really cool stuff thanks to on your keister for posting that um and come to gentleman.com actually come to podcast.gentleman.com and i will have that linked up you know uh, what you can check it out go ahead and do both either way yeah do both why not maybe you'll read it differently a second time or watch it differently a second time well brian another great uh gentleman member has posted something that really resonated well within the community uh, titles. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say this goes into something. I was like, wow, and this is a mind blowing stuff that I learned from gentleman.com. Yeah, and I will say, so this has got one of those clickbaity titles. It does. And so I was going into it thinking, you know, this isn't gonna be that great. This, no. I'm not gonna learn very much from this, right? But I did. And yep. the title is, "We Finally Know What Killed the Aztecs," and it wasn't what you think, right? So everybody thinks dinosaurs killed the Aztecs, right? right? right. T Rex, right? Uh, yeah. It wasn't, Brian. It was... Uh, so, let me give you a little backstory here. Around the 16th century, the Aztecs started dying, well, a lot. And um, the estimates placed... I'm, I'm laughing. It's not funny. It's not funny. Esti- you're right. Sorry. Estimates placed the death toll between 7 and 17 million. So, a lot of... Uh, so crazy. A lot of... Yeah. Uh, wiped everybody out. Um, I thought you were going to say 7,000. Yeah, no. 7, seven to 17 million. Wow. Uh, right. So, uh, they were saying they, they kind of developed, they've, they've learned what the symptoms kind of were, um, causing a bleed, vomit, develop red spots in their skin, uh, you know. Horrible and, stuff. And they've tried to figure this out through the yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally were able to do that, or at least they think they were finally able to. Um, a new study in the journal Nature, Ecology, and Evolution, the molecular paleopathologist Kirsten Boz and her team uh, took some DNA from the teeth of Aztecs at the time, which they're doing. They're, they're able to do this now, which is insane. Well, this is yeah. This is just the whole thing is blowing my mind. <laughs> All right, we got some Azte- Aztec teeth, right? Um, and they tested, and these were teeth that were found between the first two waves of the disease. Mm. And anyway, they 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 thought, you know, is this a plague? Is this typhoid fever? Right. It's actually Salmonella, Brian. Wow, Salmonella. Uh, we we have that today. Yeah. But we don't have 7 to 17 million people dying from it. But apparently it was a strain of salmonella wow. uh, that caused the fever that, you know, they didn't have aspirin. And the fever proved deadly for lots of people. Wow. So, yeah. It's really incredible. So they're using, they're using uh, an analytical technique. They have um, uh, an algorithm that analyzes tons of DNA fragments. Hmm. Um, I'm being very vague here. I don't really know what I'm talking about here, but... Just based on the article, but yeah. I, I'm guessing they're using some kind of um, it, well, it's the magic's in the algorithm, right? They right. can, they, it's just tons of data. Whereas right. before they were, you know, did a smaller data set, right. uh, and so they're able to figure out that it was a salmonella. It's so strain. crazy that they could take teeth from <laughs> how what, what century was it? Fifteen hundreds. Yeah, get teeth from somebody from the fifteen hundreds and then figure out what killed them. What the hell, man? How does that work? And yeah, I'm trying to watch a basketball game today, and my internet keeps freezing up. I know, man. This is. This I don't is terrible. know. Anyway, yeah, it's so very interesting article yeah. for many reasons. Yeah. Lots of different layers on this. Yeah. Salmonella, not dinosaurs, right? Okay, mm-hmm. and it was the teeth, right, that they used to figure it all out. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. If I, the if the mouthpiece doesn't fit, you, you must not be typhoid fever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. So that's that's good to know. Well, now uh, I will always have this nugget in my back pocket. If we ever need to make small talk at a party, and the Aztecs come up, yeah. we can say, "Look, I know you think that the Aztecs died of dinosaur pop quiz hot shots." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay. Well, so we'll we'll always remember that, and we learned it from gentleman.com. Hmm. Much like most of the knowledge I have in my life. The, seriously, the, the the site that keeps on giving. I, I I have learned a lot of stuff. From I have too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not just. I'm not being facetious about that. I no. really, and I learned that term facetious from gentleman.com. <laughs> I uh, remember that. So remember anyway, 
Uh, anyway, Glenn. Uh, okay, well, that means it's time to uh, do a little toast this mm. week, Glenn. And uh, this is this is one of those moments. It's one of those moments where somebody unfortunately has passed away. Yeah. But uh, but uh, they they had an indelible impact on a lot of people's lives. Uh, talking about Dolores O'Riordan from the which you may know and love as the lead singer of the Cranberries, mm-hmm. uh, recently passed away. Um, the tender age of 46. 46, not, yeah. You know, uh, not terribly uh, old at all. No. And uh, certainly had a long career starting in the in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I can remember back to a little song called Dreams yeah. that I listened to. On repeat? On repeat. <laughs> in my bedroom. Wow, bro. When I was like however young. I don't know. Uh, but uh, she's a really distinctive singer. Yep. A uh, really successful singer. I hated the, the song Zombie. I hated it too. I hated that song. But it was on. You know who, it killed it. You know who didn't hate it? Everybody else in the world. I know. Apparently. We're the Everybody only two people. Loved that song Zombie. I never knew. It was apparently a political song yeah. about something that took place in Ireland. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but she had a specific reason behind that song, which I wish I would have known because maybe that would have like made it more, uh, I don't know, palatable in my, my head. I, I don't even think it was her singing. Uh, I think it was just kind of the makeup of the song yeah. and the instrumentation. The whole I just, thing. And, that, and the fact that it was played every other song. Yes. But this is back, kids. But this is when uh, your Uncle Brian and Uncle Glenn here used to yeah. listen to the radio. Right. There's this thing you called the radio. You couldn't pick what music There's you were going to listen to. <laughs> move it around. Yeah. I, you limited uh, options. But uh, I do want to say, though, uh, Dreams and Linger yeah. are both... Those are pretty. They, they bring back some '90s memories. For oh me, yeah, tons say. of they're in tons of movies. Those songs are. Oh my are. gosh! You know all those movies where uh, all the movies where there's like this girl and she's yep. really pretty, yep. but then they, they, she has glasses on and she's supposed to be ugly. You know? Oh yeah, and yeah. And yeah. by the end of the movie, yeah, 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 they, they pull the glasses off and then like miraculously she's yeah. like super pretty. Yeah, you know, uh, all those movies have linger <laughs> in them. So you know I'm such a fool for you. <laughs> Uh, but man, yeah. So it, that was a pretty big bummer. She, she was just about getting ready to uh, do another, uh, another album, I believe, with with her hmm. band, uh, ready to do some other stuff, and unfortunately uh, uh, passed away about a week ago. So anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I I didn't fully appreciate the Cranberries until later. Mm-hmm. I think at the time I was just too young and didn't like Zombie, and yeah. Um, but you know, they're they got a solid greatest hits album. Um, yeah, they, and I think they had some more songs that I'm probably not aware of. Yeah. I know they had an album later on where there's a couple songs that I was. Yeah, I didn't want to admit at the time. Right, right. Because uh, by that point, I was like, you know, it wasn't cool to like, right, right. As a, especially as a dude to be like, right. yeah, I'm in oh linger, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but I'm admitting it right now. <laughs> Coming full circle. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just I just remember being played all the time. But I uh, yeah, and she she's an interesting case because. You know, bands at that time, I feel like, were kind of dominant. The front men were yeah, front men. That's true. And yeah. so she was an anomaly. Right. Uh, very, you know, yeah. very forceful. Very. It, it, yeah. She was... Really she cool, was, distinct voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty groundbreaking. I think after that, I feel like a lot of... There was a lot more... You know, people argue about how terrible 90s music was. There is some credence to that. But yeah. uh, after that, I feel like there's a lot more um, female-led groups. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that be you know, I, I think... I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm making associations here that shouldn't be. You know, right? It's pretty vague, but right. But I feel like you know she was she was groundbreaking for sure. Yeah, I think you know she's one of the earlier ones that really kind mm-hmm. of broke through and was really successful with it. Um, huge success. Yeah, huge success. Um, and she was awesome. I mean, yeah. she's such a such a good vocalist and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, good songwriter, all those things. Anyway, Glenn, I felt it was noteworthy enough. Yes, I have some some good memories of mm-hmm. hearing the song linger. And dreams, and, and so I wanted to toast Dolores. All right, to Dolores. Dolores. Okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, <clears throat> hot button topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, <laughs> uh, Amazon. Amazon continues to push the envelope. Let's just start there. Amazon continues to surprise, delight, and confuse uh, <laughs> all people. Um, Is that earlier how the on, goes? earlier on, they bought Whole Foods, and they also 
said, oh, and also uh, for the last uh, five or six years, we've been working on a store that you can walk into and not have to check out. You basically just go, you pick up your stuff, you walk out the door, and they will just charge your card for it. Mm -hmm. Well, they finally, after a lot of research and development, finally opened a store in Seattle where for the first time ever, there are no cashiers, there are no checkouts, you just go pick up your stuff and then walk out the door and you get charged for it. Yeah, I, I. It's <laughs> a weird. I'm just letting that sink in there. I, you know, I'm letting it linger. So how it works is basically they have cameras all over the place. It's, stop me if you're getting creeped out right now. No. <laughs> uh, they have cameras everywhere. Stop, stop, stop. And they use machine. <clears throat> they have cameras everywhere, and they use machine learning to identify people, so recognize your face, mm-hmm. and then recognize the products that you pull off the shelf and take with you um so the idea is that people are kind of i mean they haven't officially announced this but the idea is that at whole foods someplace like that you think if they're going to do something like this oh they have to retrofit all the aisles with this equipment to figure out what people were buying and not and no they built the entire thing based on the fact that they wouldn't have to retrofit anything they just put the cameras everywhere and then all the shelves are all – I mean they just leave everything as it is around the store. They just have to put the cameras in and then everything will just work. We just see what's up. So uh, so anyway, the idea is that probably Whole Foods eventually will be just be an automated store uh, that you don't have to go through a, a checkout line in. This makes total sense too with the whole um, – what, what did Amazon just release? The, the, the video monitoring? Uh, oh, they have the, the home like – Yep home video something yep. where you can do like video calls and all that stuff or you can you can let your you know amazon delivery man in your house and, oh right the, the amazon you know. delivery. yeah that's true yeah <laughs> this is weird yeah anyway oh it's true uh yeah so i that's true there's probably some overlap there um i feel like i feel yeah. like there's uh but uh but yeah so it's an interesting it's an interesting situation how how much like uh I think the I think the biggest issue with this, like the biggest thing that I didn't think about, um, is that you know think about the workers that work at Whole Foods across the United States. I, I wonder how many of them there are. How many checkout clerks work at Whole Foods in the United States? Probably a significant amount. And if they're gonna like roll this out, then they basically just say, "Well, sorry, we got computers to do this now." So yeah, see you later. You know. Yeah. Um, it's really smart in that it saves a ton of money. You don't have to pay people to do this stuff. Then they yeah. can lower their prices because yep. the margins are better. Yep. Plus, I'm they're sure, owned by Amazon anyway. I'm so. sure they have a whole thing, you know, a whole plan for this, you know. I don't know if I've ever actually been in a Whole Foods. I've been in a Whole Foods. We've been in a Whole Foods. I've been in a Whole Foods with you. Oh, yeah. We have. <laughs> yeah, in, in Austin. Uh, in Austin. Yeah. 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 That's another story. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, Glenn. It's pretty weird. It's pretty wild that you could just not have to ever have to go through a long line of stuff again. You just go fill up your cart and walk out to your car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. See, I, I think I feel like this kind of concept would be wonderful at like a gas station where your options are limited and you don't really want to talk to the person working anyway. Right. You don't want to stand in line. All right. And the, this may just be my experience, but if I feel like the people that um the the there's just not a sheer joy from people working at gas station yeah convenience stores right um right. not always true i've met some gems of people which i've met i've interacted right. with them but yeah you know right. walking in and walking out with a candy bar makes sense yep. walking in and walking out with like diapers and you know medicine and all you know alcohol and yeah. all sorts of stuff just seems weird and here's here's my question what if you don't have an Amazon account? How do they know? Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's the thing. Is like I don't know exactly how they do that. Like, how do you? I, I think as soon as you walk in the store, you're supposed to have, you're supposed to be recognized. And if not, then they'll probably come after you. So they'll, they'll it's have like to a have a sci-fi somebody. movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, we I, got a bogey. Here's what I don't understand: <laughs> is like, it doesn't seem terribly inconvenient to have to go through the checkout line. You know. I was thinking about this, and I was like, if if I didn't have to go through the checkout line, once I like the the big chore is going to the store and going yeah. and picking up all the groceries, yeah. and then going through the check line is only like I don't know 
five percent of the time that you spend in the grocery store. I mean, yeah. I go through. It takes a ton of time to go get the groceries, find them, you know, get sidetracked and get Cheetos, and then you know come back. And then, but by the time you check out, by the time I check out, there's never any crazy long line. It's one or two people, and I'm done with that in like five minutes. Yeah. So same here. Uh, I I I don't know. I feel like they're putting all this time and effort. Uh, into doing this but it's like is this actually going to maybe they're going to roll out retail stores or something like that 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 might be different but like i i just feel like you know i i think it should be more geared towards you know the delivery of groceries or you know something like that where you don't even have to go to the store because that's saving me time yeah. you know have, not having to go through the checkout saves me some time but i mean not that much time i'm not that upset about having to stand in line right later. And lines, Unless there's a super long line. Right. But that doesn't happen. Well. Yeah. So I think this is one of those things that they're kind of, they're trying to sell it as really helping. You know, it's quick. It's fast. You don't have yeah. to, you don't even have to pull out your wallet. You don't have to right. think. You just walk right. in and walk out. Right. But the thing is, this only benefits Amazon, right? Oh, so they have like an ulterior motive is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. So think about it this way. Not only if they don't have employees or a fraction of the employees, yeah. the margins are lower. Also, they are able to videotape you, like, videotape everything that you do with your identification yeah. and m- marrying that data together. But it's under the lens of, well, we have to know what you take so we can charge you for it. Right. But really, if they are tracking every movement that you make, they know intent and they know... What if I came in and moonwalked down Exactly. The They're like, get that man. This guy has Some Cavassier <laughs> and Billy Jean... And a uh, purple jacket. <laughs> uh, Just one glove. Just one glove. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, there ha- it's weird that we have to start talking to, talking about tech companies in terms of what, what are they actually trying to do here. Right. You know? And that's very true for Amazon because of Alexa. Uh, because she listens <laughs> to everything that we say. And the idea... Sorry, I'm not sure. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, I am. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But so the thing is, like, the the idea is that, oh, it's this great product that helps you out in your life. But really, they just want to listen to people's conversations to, tre- to train their machine learning is right. what really comes down to. Right. Um, I'm okay with that. And I'm cool with that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tech-centric kind of person. Right. I'm cool with that. I don't have anything to hide because there's a microphone on a live microphone all the time, you know. Um, but... Uh, but I'm interested in in machine learning and and I what I've seen from Alexa, which is really interesting to me, is that I got one from the word go. I saw it and I was like, yes, I want one of these things. Mm-hmm. I got it and it was pretty good. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, I the first time I used it, I, this was like before anyone knew what it was. Uh, I was blown away by it. I was like, this they have nailed this this home automated listening yeah. device. It's amazing. And uh, ever since then, what was crazy was I would be using it and it would get better. It would like get smarter as a couple months went by. It got smarter and it got better at understanding what I was telling it. And it wasn't like you trained it that much. No. It was just like once in a while. And then I realized it would be able to understand stuff that I didn't understand two months ago. It's like a dog or something like that. You know? Like you, you're starting to see it pick up an intelligence and be able to put things together in ways that it didn't before. But now it's gotten better at it. But probably the bulk of that learning was from... Not your interactions no, with yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was from the like entire data set of everybody. Which, which is crazy. It. Yeah, which is insane. But you're right. Like now you're starting to talk about Amazon. Why are they doing this? Well, they're going to try it. They're going to use that video data. They're going to do some video. And like you said, with the Amazon cameras and everything like that, I hadn't even thought about this before you said it. But I wonder if they're doing visual stuff with that visual machine learning stuff. If you, if you linger at an at a, right. a, a item, and I, I can't. That was in the article, right? Um, but if you linger at something, like they're going to be like. Ugh. Yeah, maybe we should. You they know, picked this it, up, yeah. but they didn't buy it. Why not? Right. Yeah. You know. Definitely. Yeah. I know. It's it's so it's it's interesting stuff. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But we were talking about this before, and you said like, you know, when is when is there going to be some monopoly kind of stuff going on? Because Amazon's already controlling all the online retail stuff. They're already they power the websites. They power the web all the websites. Yep. Um, Gentlemen's on AWS, Amazon Web Services. Yes. Um, and we love we love it. It's yeah, really great. We love it. We're Alexa. big fans of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, then also now they're starting to go into physical retail stores. Yep. Which you know honestly like buying Whole Foods, that's pretty weird. 
Amazon owning grocery stores across the country, that's, 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 that starts to get there a little bit weird. Right. Uh, because, you know, we've seen what they've done online. And uh, you got you to start wondering if every other grocery store in the world is going to – or in the U.S. is going to go away and then it's just Amazon. And then you're getting all your groceries. Right. <laughs> you're buying all your stuff. Well, and they can control prices. Yep. A lot more. The more yeah. they the more they own, the more they can control prices, right. which is why monopolies are bad. If they own the grocery stores in town, right? You know, I mean, I'd probably be okay with it. Well, <laughs> in some ways, I was gonna say not really. I was gonna say I read that they are doing you know physical stores for books, and I was like that that that's awesome. Actually, awesome because are you telling me they sell books <laughs> because. <laughs> You know, bookstores can't really survive anymore. No, nope. but it's one of those businesses where that tactile, you know, going yeah. and like picking up a book is cool and it's fun, um, and it's kind of slowly going away. And so, the idea of Amazon actually doing that—they're not going to make any money on it, but they're going to, you know, it's almost like a a way to get people in the store. It's another data source, probably, uh, probably video everything that they do in the store <laughs> or whatever, you know. Uh, but well, uh, you like books about this. You also like products about yeah, that, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, so so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I just, yeah, I just don't think that the the checkout thing is that big of a deal. I think the worst part is like going to the store. It's yeah. the idea. It's the idea of it. I don't have to. I, you're subconsciously saying to yourself, I don't actually have to pay for this stuff. Like oh, we've okay. been programmed. I, I feel like it's like a psychology, right? Yeah. You walk in, you walk out. Oh, this is amazing. I don't, I'm, I'm. It's free. Yeah. You know, like you're you're, you're you, you see associated your purchases in a different light. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Amazon, Amazon's the true winner here. Yeah. They can charge less. They can use that data. Mm-hmm. And they can, did I say they can use that data? Yeah, they can use that data. They can use more data. It, yeah. I mean, I think all these companies at this point is all about data. Hmm? That's the product is the data. That's what they're, you know, Google and Amazon and uh, Apple, you know. Especially with machine learning. You know, if you think yeah. about like. More you data you feed, have, yeah, the you more they can extrapolate yeah. everything. Yeah. So, ah. Anyway, I was reading. I was reading something unrelated, but um, what company? Oh shoot! What company was this? There's there's a large company that I can't remember the name of right now, but they they are doing. Oh, it's it's. Um, Watson, IBM. Oh yeah, right. but they they have so they own a weather. They own some weather company. So it's like, why do you need a weather company? Well, because they they also have an ad company, Watson Ad Company. I don't know what it's called. But they use artificial intelligence and data to put the right ads in front of you. So one example was they say that they know that weather affects your mood and mood affects your purchasing decisions. Wow. And so they know that if it's rainy outside, you are more likely to act on or take an action towards an ad that this certain type of ad hmm. Based on the weather around you. Wow. It's totally abstract. Right. But it makes sense kind of once you think about it. It's just Yeah. All this data. Bizarre. It's just yeah. it's all about data. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Uh yeah, it's it's weird, man. I, I don't know. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, when you look at processing power and, and all that stuff, it's just we've been able to like get to the point where you can crunch so much stuff. We can, you can hold and you know, query and do things that just five years ago were not possible. Yeah. Um, so we're going to see more and more of this. And then you, the crazy thing is to think about like 10 years from now because we're going to have the ability to do more data than we are now. And but it will grow quicker. Yeah, exactly. Everything will be fat. I mean, the rate of learning. And <sighs> yeah. We're going to be dinosaurs in 10 years, Brian. Oh, I know. We're- I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, thankfully, by then, we'll, we will have programmed uh, the mustache to a scale computer. Right. To take over for human Glenn and Brian, right, and build uh, Jillman as uh, an artificial intelligence entity. Mm, this beer tastes good. <laughs> Fruity notes. <laughs> Blah, I be used. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. So uh, working on that. I don't want to. I don't want to divulge too much. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, we both agree that Amazon's uh, cashierless. Uh, store experience is creepy as hell. Yes, yes, it is. 
and of of little utility, surprisingly. Surprisingly little, little utility. We've sussed it out. We've, yeah. We figured that... We, we know the the game is afoot. We That's know. right. That's right. We know what's going on. We got you, Jeff. That's right. Jeff Bezos. We know what's going on. Um, There's got to be an antitrust thing coming down the pipe, right? They can't know. have this. I don't know if anybody's going to get in Amazon's way. That, I, but how can they... Not, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it's going to come. You get too big, something's going to come of it. Uh, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, we've got that sussed out. Now the uh, Department of Justice can get in touch with us and we'll have a talk about it. DOJ. Yeah. Come this Call way. Call us up. Uh, <laughs> DOJ. Come this way. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. Uh, okay. Well, that means it's time for the final segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. And uh, this week, it's a, it's a special special week mm-hmm. coming up. Um it's the Super Bowl. It is a Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, Whoa. that yearly bowl that is super. Um, and Glenn, I was wondering if, you know, there's a lot of people, I've, I've, I've picked up on a sentiment of people that uh, are, are not exactly happy with who the, who the Super Bowl teams are going to be. Hmm. So my question is, are you going to watch the Super Bowl or are you not going to watch the Super Bowl? I have two reasons, three reasons I'll be watching the Super Bowl. Oh, you are going to be watching. Okay. I'll, I'll be watching one. Um, I got invited to a friend's house to watch the Super Bowl. It's also going to be a birthday party. I don't know how this is going to work out. It sounds interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. There's going to be lots of things. It'll be great. All right? Yeah. The second thing. Uh, Nick Foles, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, yep. was Kansas City's backup last year. Oh, okay. He made it to the Super Bowl. Hmm. My Chiefs did not. Right. There's that. So he's the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. So their starting quarterback went down halfway through the season. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, how did he? Yeah, you know, Carson Wentz, a guy from North Dakota. Yep. North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, he was playing lights out, and then he got injured, and everybody said, "Oh, they're screwed. It's yeah. over." And he came in and did fairly well. Like they have a great team around him. Yeah. And so, and then he played phenomenally um, in the uh, if uh, the NFC playoff. Uh, championship. So they're going to Super Bowl. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I watched the Patriots game. Tom Brady's 40 years old. Yep. And there's all this controversy around Tom Brady, the Patriots. Is this the last thing? There's egos and just weird stuff going on with the organization. And I watched him come. I think they came back from two scores. I can't remember what it was. Vintage Brady. Right. I thought, there's no way this guy can do it. And he did it again. And I hate Tom Brady. Right. But God, do I respect him. <laughs> and I'm watching him, and uh, I just couldn't. I, I I just am in awe of what he can do. So I just think it's, as much as I hate him and everything about that organization. A lot of storylines. Just so much yeah. going on. Yeah. I think the Patriots are going to win again. Yeah. It's going to happen, Brian. Yeah. But they're saying if Nick Foles pulls this off, he'll be, it'll basically be like in Philadelphia. It'll be like Rocky, yep. and then Nick Foles, right? Because <laughs> they've never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, so okay. I didn't know that. Anyway, yeah. that's that's I will be watching Super Bowl yeah. for that um, for those reasons. What about you? Um, nope, not even for the commercials. <laughs> not even for the commercials. That was a gentleman podcast. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, I I just I don't care about I don't mm-hmm. care about NFL. I'm I'm a college sports guy through and through. I just mm. don't get that much enjoyment out of watching the pro game. I don't know why that is. I, it's just something unique to me. I, I just the only I just like college sports. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, I used to watch when I'd go to Super Bowl parties. I would go for the food mm-hmm. and for the commercials because mm-hmm. no one I ever cared about was in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, I don't think I've ever in my lifetime cared about the team that was playing the Super Bowl. Mm, yeah, me maybe too. when I was a kid or something, I had some weird affiliation with some team that made sure. the Super Bowl that I was all into. But uh, in my adult life, I've never cared about the Super Bowl. So I, I don't even know when it is. I don't know. I, I don't know what date it is. I don't. I I, I barely even knew that the Eagles were going to be in it. I knew that I knew the whole storyline behind the Patriots making it because yep. I knew they 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 won. I knew that Brady because there, there's been a lot of press about that. But I, I the only reason I knew that Philadelphia made it, uh, the Eagles won, was because there was an article about within the last two weeks 
two guys have been arrested for punching horses. <laughs> yes. Two guys. In Philadelphia, two separate incidents of horse punches <laughs> to, because the, the mounted police in, in the crowds in, uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, so that's the only reason why I knew the Eagles won. But uh, so the point is, like, so I do enjoy the I, – I will say I do enjoy the uh, the ads, you know. But I usually will catch some top ten yeah. list or something after it because I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to sit all afternoon. If if I'm going to do it, like if I'm going to watch the Super Bowl, and maybe I will. I don't know. But if I do, I'm just going to go get like the thing. The thing that was funny to me was in the in the mail from Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee is like our local grocery store. Yeah, it's like a uh, Kroger or yeah a, or whatever. You yeah, know, it's it's your grocery store, and uh, they sent us two things. One was a bundle of coupons, and one was like. A magazine of all of their food for Super Bowl. <laughs> it was like, here's your main courses. It's like the meat department, wow. you know, snacks and all this stuff, recipes and all the stuff you need to buy for the Super Bowl. Um, <clears throat> so that did get the 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 wheels turning. That maybe uh, maybe I should go buy some snacks and sit on the couch. Oh and watch man, the Super Bowl. I I would do it for the snacks, but that's yeah. just about the extent of my uh, Super Bowl fandom. The snacks and the commercial, like how is like. Twenty percent the commercials, and then like eighty percent the snacks. I'm and with like, you. I don't care about who wins. I don't, you know. I, I might, don't be, care I might be cheering for the Eagles if they have. They've never won, so mm-hmm. I, I might. That in that case, that might tip my hat to. Uh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To go for the Eagles, go for the underdog quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you with the, about the snacks thing because a big part of the Super Bowl for me is is just. Picking out, like yeah, making yeah. wings, right? Or you know, frying some wings out in yeah. the back backyard, or yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that could be good. Yeah, so that, I mean, that part of it, that would be the only reason I could possibly do it. If the Chiefs were ever in the Super Bowl, which I guess they were like a long time ago, like what, the sixties or something, <laughs> the first Super Bowl, yeah, the first, Super and Bowl. we haven't had. Uh, yeah. Don't get me started. Uh, the, if the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, I would probably watch it just because there's so many people that I know. That are fan, including you. Okay, that, all right. That are big fans of the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, right down the corner from us. Um, I would probably watch that just because you know, that's that's an interesting. It's a local team. I didn't, like when the Royals went to the World Series. Mm-hmm. I, I actually watched some baseball for the first time in my life. Not, and I wasn't like a huge Royals. Like I wasn't like go. It's like this Royals. is interesting. It's a local. I was like, you know, it's a Kansas City team. Yeah, I want to yeah. see if they win. And yeah, yeah, like I did want them to win. I, I cheered for them. You know, but not. I'm not one of those guys. Like, there's so many fans that will, once the Royals make these World Series, the next day you see them at work and they've got a Royals jersey on and they're Royals fans all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's like, you weren't a Royals fan last year when they were terrible. That's right. So, anyway. But I was, Brian. That's right. Glenn has been steadfast <laughs> through years of... I've sat through so many awful games Kansas at Kansas City Chiefs, Stadium. Yeah, and the Royals. And both uh. of those, you've been steadfast in your fandom of those teams yet they have not delivered for you they so, have not my dad come up until we'll arrive much though. like the k-state wildcats does to me <laughs> yeah like every year except it's, football well, except for football and then uh basketball maybe oh yeah, basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. it's getting dicey. interesting yeah you know what i just realized brian totally unrelated big 12 tournament only a month away that's <sighs> true we might have yeah. to make another trip yeah we could yeah that was a lot of fun yeah uh um, held in kansas city every year yep that that was a good time. We had a good time going to the tournament. Uh, we've got March Madness coming around after that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Which is uh, a which big is annual event. A national holiday for the gentleman uh, team yeah, here. Exactly. Um, you take it very seriously. It's like Boxing Day. Oh, my gosh. All the games. Oh, it's fantastic. By the way, if anybody's so inclined right now, DirecTV has... DirecTV Now. DirecTV Now, not DirecTV. Right, DirecTV Now. You can get a free Apple TV if you sign up for four months, mm-hmm. which neatly coincides with the March Madness. That's true. And the Olympics. The Olympics are going to be yeah. on, but that's NBC, I think. So, But anyway. Yeah. Little little nugget there. Right. I may, I may jump on that deal. I'm still on the fence. I'm a DirecTV Now subscriber. So, yeah. you know, it's been getting the job done for me. All right. So anyway. Say no more. Uh, just tell them gentlemen sent you. Um, I <laughs> Okay, Glenn. Well, that's the end of... Like the laxative? Yeah. <laughs> The gum. It's the gum. Um, that's the end of the episode, Glenn. That's the end of the episode 129. Um, thank you for listening to episode 129. Yep. If there's anybody out there left, um, I don't think there is. But nope. if there is, Hi, Mom. just coincidentally, uh, thank you for listening to Gentleman episode 129. Uh, we will be back in two weeks for Gentleman episode 130, and we will know full well who won the Super Bowl. 
and uh, hopefully we'll hear from Jeff Bezos at the same time. Yeah. Clear up some of this murky uh, undercurrent. I'm sure we're going to get some angry letters. Uh, Anyway, Glenn, uh, that means uh, I'm Brian King. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh, We'll see you guys in two weeks for episode number 130. Uh, Thank you, guys. Adios, muchachos.